At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, We guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's a numbers game with your host, Gil Alexander. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. It is a numbers game here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Happy to be with you. Always, always good to hear Mr. Barkley in the morning. Uh, of course, I'm in for Gil Alexander. I'm Jeff Barles. Happy to be with you. Uh, the Milwaukee Bucks are your NBA champions in the 2020 uh, 2021 season. And uh, just rehashing again for, uh, again, new audience at the top of the hour. Giannis Antetokounmpo's performance last night. 50-5-0 for Giannis last night. Uh, Joining the ranks of LeBron, Michael Jordan, a very limited cast of five players in NBA Finals history to score 50 in an NBA Finals game. Oh, and by the way, he did in the closeout scenario. 50-14 and five blocks for Giannis last night, 16 of 25 from the field, 17 of 19 from the line, which is the most miraculous part of the whole deal last night for the Milwaukee Bucks, who won their first title in 50 seasons. And I asked JVT this earlier of, is this a one championship and done scenario? What did Milwaukee take advantage of the breaks at hand. Kyrie Irving getting hurt in the Brooklyn series. Kevin Durant's foot being just big enough for that shot to be a two-pointer. Trey Young hurting himself in the Atlanta series. Look, I'm not sure if Milwaukee ever wins another title again. And also, the other important part of this is, winning one is all that really matters in the end. If you win one, you're legitimized forever. Your fan base is going to be pleased for 
all time. Look, look at the Cubs. The Cubs might not win for another 100 years, but they have that one in 2016. So people are going to be happy for a long time uh, with, with that. But look, just look at Giannis's MVP numbers for this whole series. I mean, yeah, right, outrageous numbers here from Giannis. 35 a game, 13, 35 points a game, 13 boards, five assists. Uh, nearly a steal and a half, nearly, nearly two blocks. Oh, and by the way, he shot 62% from the field. Outrageous numbers in route to the finals MVP for Giannis. And keep in mind here, we were not even certain that Giannis was going to play in this series. Heck, after, after that hyperextended knee against Atlanta, there were thoughts of like, oh my goodness, did we just lose another superstar for an extended period of time in the shortened season? And as soon as he took the floor... That first possession, Jason Kahn, as you remember, that first possession against the against the Suns, they run a pick and roll for an alley oop. It's like, all right, he's fine, he's fine, he's just fine. And now it's and it's also too like remember the series price, which before Giannis's injury, the uh, there were a few series prices between Phoenix and Milwaukee out there as a hypothetical series. Milwaukee was favored in that series. They're about minus one fifty. Then with the unknown status of Giannis. The Suns were minus 190. So seeing Giannis play in game one, even though I still thought Phoenix was going to win this series going in, and when they were up 2-0, of course you were thinking Phoenix was going to win the NBA championship, but it was always in the back of your mind of, well, Giannis is healthy, and he's a two-time MVP, and if he really gets rolling here, and especially if there's a game where he can make free throws like he did last night, it doesn't matter what Phoenix does on the other end. They're probably not beating the Bucs, at least in that individual game. And if Giannis is going to average, if you saw that stat line before the series, 35, 13, 5, 1, and 2, and 62% shooting from Giannis, you're probably thinking Phoenix is in a whole lot of trouble here. And that's exactly what ended up happening. Again, an all-time performance last night. And a team that had been known for postseason failings with this group, Finally bust through. Hey, this has been a pretty good run for franchises that have not won in a long time, as we know. And also teams that had epic postseason failings. Heck, I know the Tampa Bay Lightning. I know it's second straight cup after one of the biggest disasters you'll ever see in the Stanley Cup playoffs. The best team in hockey in 25 years getting swept out by Columbus two years ago. And now back-to-back champions. The Bucks blowing a 2-0 lead to Kawhi Leonard and the Raptors getting embarrassed in the bubble by Miami last year, nearly getting swept as the best record in the NBA in that series, bouncing back and winning a title. A lot of good redemption stories in champions and sports that we have seen over the last, really, since uh, since the, the Cubs won it in 2016. We've seen a lot of those good stories and first-time champions or long-time champions or long-time without a champion champions, I should say, throughout the sports landscape. It is a numbers game here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Jeff Parles in for Gil Alexander. Happy to be with you here on a Wednesday morning at the South Point Hotel and Casino here in Vegas. And now with us, Eric Edholm of Yahoo Sports is going to be with us right now to break down the AFC South. Eric, thank you for being with us this morning. What's up, buddy? How are you? I'm good. It's it's good to, good to talk to you. And uh, I, I we're going to work our way from the bottom to the top here because. The Houston Texans have the chance to be epically bad this year, Eric. 
They have a win total of four, which in a 16-game season was reserved for the bottom of the barrel. Uh, a four in a 17-game season would be more like a three-and-a-half or even a three on a 16-game season that we were accustomed to until this year. I, are we looking at, a, a, again, a scenario with this Houston team where we talked about the Jets until they won those two games late as potentially an all-time bad team and a potential 0-16 team last year? Is that the conversation we're going to be having with Houston when the when the calendar shifts to December? Yeah, I mean, usually we come into the year. I, it's not very often that we have that one team that is, you know, far and away sort of universally accepted as the worst in football. I think that year, this year, I should say, that the, the case can be made that the Texans are the runaway favorite for that. <laughs> What's funny is when we have had these situations in the past, though, there's been a pretty decent frequency of those teams who are sort of believed to be the worst ending up playing better than people expect. You know, I don't think people looked at the Jaguars, the one win team last year. There's always surprises with these things, but it's certainly easy to see why there's so much pessimism, right? JJ Watt leaves. There's been a coaching change. David Culley, first time head coach, not viewed as, as one of the better hires, or at least one of the ones with, you know, without some questions and oh yeah by the way Deshaun Watson who did everything humanly possible on the field last year for a 4 and 12 team is now hanging in limbo and not likely to suit up for the team this year at least the way things look right now so yeah i mean it's hard to find reasons for optimism uh, i know they have a bunch of other quarterbacks on the roster it remains to be seen how it all shakes out maybe Tyrod Taylor keeps them competitive they have a few receivers who can play but boy it's it's hard to find positives for this team right now and, and forecast a whole lot more than, than four victories. Well, and, and Eric, uh, especially after last year where, again, especially in the newer jurisdictions, a lot of the betters, New Jersey's the number one handle state at this point. Uh, the Jets to go 0-16 got hammered all year long. Of course, it didn't come through. Yeah. As the Jets, of course, randomly beat two playoff teams at the end of the year because, of course, they did. Uh, but the Texans right now, at DraftKings, Eric, and normally you don't, you never see numbers like this to see a team go winless. They're t- only twenty to one to go winless this year at wow. 17 which is an extraordinarily short number. Right, especially with the extra game. I mean, that, you know that matters, right? I mean, weird things happen. We see, you know, teams that, that are at the bottom, like you mentioned with your Jets example, where you know anything can kind of happen. Um, you know, winless teams don't happen very often, but I mean, this is obviously a situation that that bears watching. Twenty to one—that's you know usually reserved for you know uh, the, the worst of the worst. Because uh, I don't know. I mean, I think at some point they're going to win some games. I don't know where or how or when, but it's probably going to happen because of the nature of parity in the NFL. But I also can understand why somebody would entertain such a bet and be willing to you know, sort of throw a few dollars hoping for, uh, for the big haul there. If you, uh, if you just want to take any team to go and 17, it's 11 to one. Uh, the, uh, the only other team shorter than 50 to one to go and 17 is the Detroit lions. Uh, I don't think mm. they're going and 17. Uh, they're 35 to one. So, uh, Maybe you just take a shot on the Texans if you want to uh, dabble in that market. Eric, get home with us right now, uh, NFL writer for Yahoo Sports. Uh, let's go to the week one opponent uh, working our way from the bottom up here in the AFC South. Uh, the week one opponent for Houston, and it might be their opportunity for a win. 
is Jacksonville. The Jaguars, of course, one in 15. They won week one last year and lost 15 straight. Uh, they're doing their yeah. best homage to the Chris Winkie era of the Carolina Panthers in the early 2000s, who did the same thing. Uh, Jacksonville uh, laying, again, this is a testament to what Houston is on paper. The Jaguars, who legitimately are on a 15-game losing streak with a rookie quarterback in Trevor Lawrence, again, a little bit different than your usual rookie quarterback, and a first-time NFL head coach in Urban Meyer, are two-and-a-half-point favorite on the road at Houston, uh, Eric. Uh, the win total for the Jags, is six or six and a half, depending on what your your book is. Trevor Lawrence is the rookie of the year favorite at three to one. What would be some ways that you would look at the Jaguars going into this season? Yeah, I mean, I think offensively, everybody's kind of, well, at least most people I know of are, are pretty fascinating to see not only what Lawrence can do, but what Urban Meyer's offense is going to look like. Of course, Brian Schottenheimer's there. They have some, you know, some veteran NFL coaches and whatnot. But I mean, I you know, how quickly is, is Lawrence going to adapt to the league and how quickly is Meyer going to adapt to the league? Because there's some exciting young talent on this football team. I know everyone said, oh, they were absolutely terrible last year. But, you know, look at the, the one-score losses. And early in the season at the Titans played very competitively, you know, uh, almost beat the Bengals on the road. I know that's no great achievement. But, you know, several games throughout the course of the season, including, I, I, if I recall, the Green Bay game was, was pretty close as mm -hmm. well. And, so they were competitive at times, right? Of course, we know the defense really kind of sagged. There was, you know, an over-reliance on an undrafted rookie running back as great as James Robinson was last year. They were a flawed team, right? Quarterback was a big issue. So if you're of the belief that Trevor Lawrence, you know, the, the, the anointed one can, can make a quick adjustment, I don't see why six wins is, is that crazy a projection. I really don't. So a lot of what they're – hope is sort of relying on is a young defense really kind of molding into form and, you know, getting something out of their two first round picks last year, you know, CJ Henderson, uh, Caleb on chase on, you know, in, in, incomplete results last year, I think both can make some strides and, you know, they did make some moves in free agency too. So yeah, they're, they're, they're a tricky one to figure out, but you know, six and 11 to me or seven and 10 doesn't feel like a, like a giant stretch, especially if they, can get better over the course of the season. Eric, how long do you think it takes for Trevor Lawrence to adjust to the pro game? And, and as I said before, he is, uh, he is the favorite right now in rookie of the year markets, which is not much of a shock since uh, the expectations and a quarterback we know will start from the get-go. He is three to one right now to win the rookie of the year. I talked to Trevor uh, I guess it would have been sometime in May. I'm trying to think exactly when it was. And it was interesting to hear him talk. I mean, first of all, he's got a, a very easygoing confidence about him. You know, of course, everyone talks about the SI interview, and I don't need to, you know, sort of gin up this this motivation and all that. I just think this is a kid who's been preparing for this spotlight for years now. And no matter, you know, uh, how many surprises come his way, I think he's got more kind of mental toughness than people want to want to give him credit for. So that he's got that going for him, the big game experience, won a national title as a freshman starter, replacing a veteran. There's, there's a lot of things that point in the direction of, okay, he'll be able to handle the mental part of it. Physically speaking, the only question I think right now is the shoulder. But when I, when I talk to, <clears throat> to Trevor about what, what kind of elements we might see in this offense, and I asked him specifically about his running ability, which is – sometimes undersold. I mean, it's an element of his game that I think is, you know, uh, it gives him a dimension that you wouldn't normally expect for somebody who's as talented a pocket passer as he is. 
And he kind of toned it down a little bit. I don't know if this is just him being coy or not, but basically suggesting, look, yeah, I know Urban Meyer's had a history of, you know, read option quarterbacks and spread option quarterbacks in the past, but he didn't expect to be the kind of option running force in the NFL that he was in college, which makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. It's a different game, different But if you take too much of that away from him and just make him this sort of facilitator, are you really maximizing his ability? I wouldn't be shocked if someone else won that award where he's good, but the expectations are just so high and that, you know, maybe some elements of what make him greater are kind of taken away from him a little bit. Eric Edholm with us here on a numbers game. Eric uh, covers the NFL for Yahoo Sports. Eric, I want to go to Indianapolis here. The Colts uh, finished second a year ago. They are now the betting favorites to win the AFC South at plus 105 uh, at BetMGM. The the Colts, obviously, the big move in the offseason. Carson Wentz now with uh, his former offensive coordinator, Frank Reich. Uh, <laughs> just uh, looking at, at Indy, is it as simple to say uh, that – the Colts are going to be an AFC South champion or even a playoff team. It hinges on Carson Wentz, at least figuring himself out to be a league average quarterback yet again. Yeah. I, I'd love to be cute and say, Oh, it's actually, you know, the linebackers are right. I mean, we all know this is, this is crucial to not only, you know, him staying in the conversation of starting quarterbacks, but also for the team's success this year, for him to take a step forward you know, that's, that's a lot to put on the guy's shoulders. Then again, you know, he kind of got burned out in Philadelphia and going to a place like Indianapolis, a little lower profile media wise and such. I mean, going to a coach who, you know, obviously has seen him thrive in the past and has worked with him knows how to get the best out of him. You would think so, uh, you know, I don't know that there were, you know, even two or three better destinations for him. This may be the perfect place for him to go in and revive his career. I mean, 2017 wasn't that long ago. Mm-hmm. And before he that ACL out in LA, he was sort of the prohibitive MVP favorite. And, you know, that injury and everything that happened afterwards, Nick Foles winning, it really kind of spiraled him down or he became the scapegoat. So, you know, I think there's at least a little bit of a positive air around him now. He's got the physical tools. If he can play within himself and not try to, you know, lean on the hero ball and trying to do too much, fit within the structure of, in the vision of what Frank uh, Reich wants to do offensively. There could be some good things this year. This is a young roster with a lot of second, third, fourth year talent. They're sending in a lot of ways, great offensive line, great run game. It's, it's a good scenario. They're building there. I, I want to ask you about uh, the, the, one of the best talents in the entire NFL on that defense. Cause I'm considering a bet on Darius Leonard to win the defensive player of the year at 20 to one. Uh, obviously, we know his talent is is incredible. He's probably going to lead the league in tackles, either him or Devin White. But just, Eric, knowing the voters here, is it, is it too difficult for a player playing that position to win the defensive player of the year at this point? Yeah, I was just going to say, that might be the one thing that, that kind of holds him back. I mean, it, he'd have to have one of those statistical years where, you know, he's intercepting three, four, five passes, running one or two of them back for touchdowns, you know, forcing three or four fumbles and recovering a couple more, getting, you know, four, five, six sacks and doing the tackle stuff. It really does take, I think, and I'd have to kind of brush up on my history a little bit, but, you know, 100 plus tackles, all those extra big plays we mentioned, probably big plays against 
big teams, you know, I mean, stopping Derrick Henry on a fourth and one or whatever. I mean, prime time stages now. I know the Colts are obviously getting a little more exposure than they would have in the last couple of years, but still, you know, the, the stars, I think, do have to be aligned a little bit for that spot, but I'm with you as far as him being one of the great young playmakers in the league, and he's got the capability to, you know, to put those kind of numbers up like he did a couple of years ago, especially. So, yeah, I mean, he's sort of the centerpiece of this emerging young defense that has a lot of speed, a lot of playmakers, and a lot of depth. Eric, at home with us here on a numbers game here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Eric, let's go to the defending division champions, the Tennessee Titans. Uh, Arthur Smith, now the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. So Todd Downing now takes his spot as the offensive coordinator. Julio Jones, obviously, there now. Uh, Eric, is this offense going to be able to outweigh what this defense looks like? And that defense does not look like it's any better than it was a year ago. And it was tough to watch a year ago. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I, I mean, that's the, the one area where I say to myself, you know, th- this could be something that holds them back again. And, and it's always tough. You know, you feel like you go to an off season with it, with a clear idea of what sort of held you back to this point uh, and not at least on paper, at least obviously being able to kind of fix that. Plus, I mean, the Julio Jones move it, you know, it could be one of those great one year boons, but at the same time, there's also, you know, I think it's fair game to question the wisdom of, you know, letting Corey Davis walk for similar money, at least for this year. And, you know, having to give up draft capital to get Jones, who, you know, whose injury concerns are real. And mm-hmm. his, you know, the question is whether he can stay upright. So, yeah, I mean, they're obviously going to have to put up points. You also lose Johnny Smith. And, you know, you also kind of question whether it can be too Derrick Henry reliant at some times. You know, I, I'm a fan of Ryan Tannehill. He's really kind of turned his career around. You know, is he, gonna, is he the kind of guy, though, that could take just a little bit extra on his shoulders and, and, you know, carry a team that, you know, is a little bit one-sided and one-dimensional in some respects? Eric, we have about 30 seconds here. Who is your pick to win the AFC South? Yeah, it feels like it's risky no matter who you pick, right? There's mm-hmm. always that one little Achilles heel with each team. So, uh, I mean, I I – I kind of lean towards the Colts because I think they're going to be solid enough across the board where there isn't all that pressure on Carson Wentz. But like we said, he's got to be better. He's Eric Edholm. You can get him on the tweets at Eric underscore Edholm. Covers the NFL for Yahoo Sports. Eric, thank you for being with us this morning. And uh, uh, this is going to be a very interesting division to watch the whole year through. Absolutely. No doubt about it. Four teams that uh, are going to be fun to watch and then one or two that should separate themselves. He's Eric at home. Again, get him on the tweets at Eric underscore at home. I I always love catching up with Eric and we're going to get into the Colts. The Colts are, they're the most fascinating handicap going into the season in the AFC for me because Carson Wentz is such an unknown. And we're going to be discussing that next here on our AFC South preview. And don't worry, we'll still get Jacksonville. We'll get Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence. Uh, they'll get that preview in about 20 minutes from now. But coming up next, the Indianapolis Colts. Do I think they're going to make the playoffs for the second consecutive year under Frank Reich? That's next here on a numbers game on v the Sports Betting Network.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to A Numbers Game with Gil Alexander. It is a numbers game here on VSIN. I'm Jeff Barles. Happy to be with you in for Gil Alexander this week and next week. Big thanks to Eric Edholm for popping on with us for a segment. Brady Cannon's going to be with us in the next segment to talk about uh talk about the next new bright star in golf. Colin Morikawa, of course, winning the Open Championship a year ago. And oh, by the way, there's a there's a PGA Tour event this week in uh, in the Twin Cities, uh, the 3M Open. So we'll talk about that in uh, in about 10 minutes from now. But I want to get let's get to the AFC South preview. Continuing on, the Indianapolis Colts are next on the list. It's very simple with Indianapolis. What is Carson Wentz going to be? That's it. That's the only question that really matters. To this season, can Frank Reich resurrect Carson Wentz's career? Can 
Carson Wentz improve again, like Eric Edholm said, 2017 again. Even though, even though it feels like 2017 might as well be 25 years ago at this point, that all that uh, for all that has happened to us uh, uh, in that time period. But it was only four years ago. It was only four seasons ago that Carson Wentz was well on his way to winning the MVP and then tore his ACL at the LA Coliseum against the Rams. And nothing's been the same for Wentz since. And I agree with what Eric Edholm said in the last segment. This is the perfect match. If Carson Wentz is going to be a good NFL quarterback again, it's going to be in Indianapolis with a strong offensive line, a really good young receiving core that I don't think gets the respect among some that it should, and a run game that even though, look, I have my questions about Jonathan Taylor as a number one back in this league, but Jonathan Taylor can at least be the, uh, be the bull in the backfield there for the Colts and carry the load. Naheem Hines, Marlon Mack might even be back this year uh, off that big injury, but it all comes down to Carson Wentz. If Carson Wentz is good, Indianapolis very easily can win this division going away. If he's erratic playoff team, but not winning the division. And if he's bad, then see you later. It's going to be a mess of a year because Jacob Easton's the backup quarterback the safety net that was there even in the past with Jacoby Brissett, who is now in Miami, not there anymore. But it is all simply on Carson Wentz, who, of course, led the league in turnovers a year ago, was very ineffective in Philadelphia, was benched by the Eagles for Jalen Hurts. Again, given up for a very limited package. Uh, Indianapolis taking up none of the money. The completion percentage was bad. Let's face it. Again, Carson Wentz, other than the 2018 season, was really not a big completion percentage guy anyway to begin with. Even in his, even in his great 2017 season, he still only completed 60% of his passes. So there is a ceiling for Carson Wentz's accuracy, but 57.5%, that's just bad in this day and age in the NFL. That's usually reserved for the bottom tier starting quarterbacks in this league. You look at Indianapolis's schedule. Those first eight weeks, they're not the easiest. You see Tennessee twice. You have to play three teams out of the NFC West, and it's the three best teams out of the NFC West from where I'm looking. Seattle, you at least get them at home. You at least get the Rams at home. You at least get two of those games at home. A primetime showing at San Francisco won't be easy. Even at Miami, even though I'm down on the Dolphins this year, not an easy place to play. At Baltimore, week five, those first four we- first eight weeks of the season are extraordinarily difficult. Oh, and by the way, week 11 and 12, they get Buffalo and Tampa back-to-back weeks. Those are not easy games. So this schedule, even though, again, that's a higher win total. It is an over 500 win total. It's heavily juiced to the over at nine and a half. It is not the most simplistic schedule here. So, Basically, anything's on the table this year for the Indianapolis Colts. And we, as we look at what my final predictions for them will be, I do have them in the playoffs. I think their defense will be good enough. Even with Wentz being erratic for most of the season, they find enough offensive production and they sneak in. That run game behind that elite offensive line will be what carries them offensively. And that defense is really underrated. Darius Leonard, I think, leads the league in tackles again. And look... I am concerned about a, about a linebacker winning the Defensive Player of the Year award in this day and age in the NFL. It's usually a corner or it's usually 
in a scenario where you see an elite pass rusher. Or if you're just so dominant, like Aaron Donald, it doesn't matter that you're a defensive tackle when you're the best player possibly in the entire league, period. But Indianapolis, for me, 10-7. and seven, They sneak in. They get the seven seed for the second consecutive year. I have them advancing in on virtue of beating New England in the Week 16 matchup. That's your tiebreak that gets Indianapolis into the postseason yet again. Brady Cannon will join us on the desk next here on a numbers game on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. for more of a numbers game with Gil Alexander. And the, the NFL football betting guide coming soon, and there's no better way to prepare for those seasons. Our experts provide profiles of every team with advanced stats and power ratings, plus the best bets on season win totals, division finishers, and player awards. Each guide is only $20, and discounts are available when you buy both. Now is the time to reserve your copy or sign up for VEASAN All Access and get everything we offer the entire football season. Sign up today at VEASAN.com slash subscribe for the college football betting guide and the pro football betting guide for the 2021 season. It is a numbers game here on VEASAN. I'm Jeff Parles in for Gil Alexander, and on the desk in his patented tan jacket. It is Brady <laughs> Cannon. Of course, uh, he could be on the Lombardi line starting in about 25 minutes from now. You can also find him uh, on the green zone and long shots as well. Brady, thank you for being on this morning. And uh, let's just start with what we saw this past weekend across the pond. Vegas's own Colin Morikawa, second major for him. And uh, again, he apparently likes doing these uh, majors in a debut fashion. Of course, last year in really what was a home game for him in San Francisco, winning at Harding Park in the PGA. And now uh, for playing really only a second major tournament ever in a Lynx course, the Scottish Open a week before. And now uh, last week at Royal St. George's wins the Open Championship by two shots over Jordan Spieth. Yeah, I think it was 71st that he finished in the Scottish Open. Mm -hmm. So he didn't necessarily show any signs that he was going to take to Lynx golf real quickly. He talked about the turf, the fescue grass over there. It was giving him some problems with his irons, and he wasn't used to it. Well, he didn't take long to figure it out. But he didn't make my card because, I mean, he's obviously an extremely accurate driver of the golf ball and probably the best iron player in the world. And we knew that greens and regulation would be very important at the Open Championship, but he didn't make my card because he ranked 176th on tour in scrambling and 172nd on tour in putting, and I felt that the short game, not only is it important every week, but I thought it would be emphasized at Royal St. George's with, you know, all, all that native grass and the rough around the greens. You were going to have to be a magician around the greens, and boy was he ever on Sunday. He did not miss a single putt, didn't make a bogey on his round on Sunday, 
Uh, I don't think he made a bogey about his last 40 holes of golf or so. 41, yeah. 41. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think he made a bogey, uh, you know, maybe somewhere around the sixth or seventh hole on the front nine on Saturday, and it was a clean card the rest of the way out. So, um, you know, he he put one past me on the fact that I didn't think his short game was going to get there, and, and the fact that you don't necessarily handicap that a guy on debut is going to get it done. Of we course. talk about the Masters and the British Open as two of the four majors where you really have to have some laps under your belt and experience, um, but he proved all of that wrong, and, and hats off to him. I mean, what a great kid. What a great ambassador for the game, and nice to have a local guy do it here, too. Plays yeah. out of the Summit Club here in Las Vegas. Absolutely, and uh, again, uh, would imagine uh, Carbone will get a will get a visit from Colin Morikawa when he gets back into town as well. Uh, Brady, I, I just want to ask you one other thing uh, before we look at this week's tournament in the Twin Cities at the 3M Open. Uh, John Rahm, mm-hmm. uh, you and I were talking about this off the air. Uh, just the run that he's in, he didn't didn't couldn't come from behind this time like he did at Torrey Pines, but another top five finish and maybe was about two, three holes away uh, starting the run earlier from really making things interesting on Sunday. But are we at a point now, Brady, where we're starting to see the numbers really shorten on ROMs? Eight, seven to ones, eight to ones, 10 to ones in majors. But those numbers are right with just how well he's playing right now. Yeah, I know a lot of guys. I mean, I bet him at 13 to 1 to win the U.S. Open mm-hmm. and, and cash that ticket. I hate to bet guys at less than 10 to 1. I don't even like betting guys at 10 to 1. But I know there's a lot of people out there that feel that 10 to 1 on John Rahm, anytime he tees it up, is a good value. And, and he's pretty much proven it correct. I mean, with a, what he finished third at the Open Championship mm-hmm. and, you know, really kind of got off to a slow start. It was that first day where he was in the afternoon wave, I believe believe when that wind started to kick up and uh, like you said he came up just a few shots short and a lot of that could be uh, looked back to that first day when he wasn't there with Louie who started out at six under par with a 64 but uh, he made his way back to the top of the leaderboard um, he's also back to the number one world or ranked player in the world and, and I think that's where he belongs uh, I, I think he absolutely is the best player in the world right now and I think there's a pretty big gap I mean we'll see what DJ does DJ's starting to turn it around but right now John Rahm is clearly the best player in the world Brady let's go to this week uh, the 3M open usually a score fest mm-hmm. in the past uh, in the Twin Cities TPC Twin Cities the golf course here uh, Dustin Johnson is your favorite right now uh, plus 750 at Ben MGM uh, Lou Yu stays off another heartbreak in a major uh, him and Tony Finau at 14 to 1 Patrick Reed 18 to 1 and then uh, Matt Wolf at 25 to 1 to wrap out the top 5 of shortest odds here what what are we looking at here in this tournament, again, usually a score fest in uh, yeah, the Twin Cities. Yeah, only, uh, only has been on the tour for two years, and we've seen winning scores of 19 under par and 21 under par. Matthew Wolf was the winner here in 2019, and then Michael Thompson got it done last year. So, you know, a journeyman and an up-and-coming star. So you've only got two years to go off of. You can't necessarily look at course history and that type of thing, but I think it's going to be reflective of the tournaments we've seen recently, the Travelers, the John Deer, the Rocket Mortgage. You know, it's a watered-down field. You mentioned those guys at the top of the odds board. After that, the odds really dive deep. Everybody oh, yeah. after that's 35, 40 to 1 or bigger. So, I, I did not land on any of the favorites. I do know some people that like DJ, very well-respected people, and, and you know, it's never a bad thing. He can win at any time, on any day, on any course, I imagine. Um, but what we've seen in the past, Matthew Wolf, I think, was in the neighborhood of, you know, 150 to 1 to win uh, this when he did in 2019. Michael 
Thompson might have even been bigger than that last year. So I went deeper down the board, and, and I looked at guys that are not only in good form currently, but hit greens in regulation and gain strokes on approach. For this tournament, Jeff, in its two years of existence, it has the second most approach shots, more so than any other course on tour, from 175 to 200 yards. So I looked at guys that really excel in that distance range, and you look at Doug Gim, who's number one on tour in accuracy from 175 to 200. I got him at 60 to 1. Keegan Bradley, we know he's a great ball striker. If the putter fires for him, he ought to have a great week. I got him at 50 to 1. Troy Merritt's been in really good form the last couple of months with four top 10 finishes, very good putter, great scrambler, got him at 85 to one. And then Hank Lebiota has three straight top 10 finishes, and he's been a popular play this week. I got him at 50 to one. Stuart Sink at 55 to one, a great ball striker. Ryan Armour at 140. And then Bubba Watson has been in an outstanding form at 40 to one. And I pretty much went away from guys that just played the Open Championship. Stuart Sink and Keegan Bradley, the only two guys on my card that were at the Open, but I missed the cut. So I don't like necessarily playing on guys that were in England for all four days. Brady, thank you for being with us this morning. Uh, make sure you listen to Long Shots. Go download it right now at vsin.com slash podcast to give it a listen. Brady and Wes, uh, again, picking winners basically every single week. We're in a drought. We haven't had one since Rom at the U.S. Open. I have a feeling you're getting one this week, guys. When we get back, we're looking at the Jacksonville Jaguars here on a numbers game. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to A Numbers Game with Gil Alexander. Raises the stakes for MLS action like BetMGM. Sign up for BetMGM today using the code VSIN100. If your first wager is a $1 money line play on either the New York Red Bulls or Toronto FC, you'll get $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. If you're betting in Pennsylvania, you'll get $100 in free bets if your team that you bet on wins. Download the app today. New customer offer paid in free bets only. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. A 21 or older to place a wager. Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C., or West Virginia only. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, Virginia, and Washington, D.C. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. In Tennessee, call or text Redline to 1-800-889-9789. In Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. And the promotional offer not available in Nevada. It is a numbers game here on VSIN. I'm Jeff Parles in for Gil Alexander. Happy to be with you here as we wrap up the midweek here on Wednesday. We've been going through the AFC South, and we're going to go to the team that had the worst record in the NFL a year ago, but they look a heck of a lot different this year, and that is the Jacksonville Jaguars. New head coach, new quarterback, new era there in Duval. Trevor Lawrence, of course, the number one overall pick in the NFL draft. Uh, we could have we told you that whoever got the number one overall pick was going to do that three years ago once we saw Trevor Lawrence burst onto the scene at Clemson. Uh, so Lawrence goes one to Jacksonville. Urban Meyer going to make the shift from college to the NFL. Of course, the former Florida and Ohio State coach. First time as a head coach in the NFL. Uh, it will be very the, – the most fascinating thing to see here. By the way, Jacksonville's win total six and a half to win the division nine to one. Long shots to win the AFC and win the Super Bowl. They're not doing either of those things. Looking at the questions here for Jacksonville this year. The two. How will Urban Meyer handle coaching in the NFL? How will he adjust? How will he adjust to coaching NFL players? It's a different game than coaching collegiate players. It'll be interesting to see how his offense translate translates over from the collegiate game to the NFL as well. And for Trevor Lawrence, look, Trevor Lawrence, his ceiling to me is is really, really, really high, as we know, for his career. The floor, though, is what is going to be higher for me. Like, I don't see a scenario where Trevor Lawrence is a flat-out bust. 
But the worst-case scenario for Trevor Lawrence for me is that he's a good NFL starter to an average NFL starter for double-digit seasons in this league. The ceiling we know, unquestionably high. I'm not sure if I'm buying him as much as some are as to be pretty quickly a top-five, top-ten quarterback in this league. But the question will be how quickly does he solve the physicality of the league? Eric Edholm was with us earlier in the show, and he said he had a conversation with Trevor Lawrence back in May, and feels pretty confident he'll be able to handle the mental aspects and the preparation part of being a National Football League quarterback. So it'll be intriguing to see how quickly Trevor Lawrence figures out NFL defenses. And look, Jacksonville's first three weeks of their schedule, they go on go on the road to Houston week one. Again, this is a testament to how bad the Texans look on paper going in, guys. The Texans at home against a team that has lost 15 straight games with a rookie quarterback and a first-time NFL head coach making their debuts, they're two-and-a-half-point underdogs. The Jaguars are a road favorite week one, as wild as that seems. Week two, that's a game against Denver that Jackson will have a real chance to win, assuming Aaron Rodgers isn't the quarterback there in Denver. And even week three, week four, Arizona has to fly across the country. Arizona had a really loss in a, in a similar spot early in the season against Carolina last year, and Carolina did not turn out to be particularly good. And then week four on the road at Cincinnati on Thursday night football. Look, that good for Jacksonville is absolutely there. And I think I'll say this. If you get off a good start, you do think you start 3-0. The win in week one, in those two home games, and then flip around and lose the Thursday night game in Cincinnati. But be careful. Be careful to not buy the hype too quickly here with this Jacksonville team. Their defense still has a whole boatload of questions. They have good pieces. Josh Allen, the former first overall, uh, first round pick, I should say. I think he's a really darn good talent. Miles Jack, I still think, has something left in the tank as well. But there's still questions in that, on that defense, especially I know former first round pick uh, C.J. Henderson corner there now of course I have questions about their safeties I have questions about their other uh, linebackers in the in the 4-3 and again Miles Jack uh, again is a 4-3 linebacker a little bit of a question but don't get too excited too quickly about Jacksonville this year because as we look through their schedule starting in week five and look could they beat Tennessee at home Sure they could. It's a divisional home game. We know weird results happen in divisional games all the time. At Miami, I, I'm playing Miami in the United in uh, in uh, London. It's a game you could win. But then after that bye week, that schedule gets really difficult very quickly. At Seattle, game they're probably going to be a big underdog, and I would imagine they'll lose. They're not beating Buffalo regardless of where that game's played. And then look at the rest of that schedule. At Indy. You have San Francisco, you have L.A., you have New England, you have a whole bunch of team, a whole bunch of games. Oh, you have Indy twice. A whole bunch of games they're going to be big dogs in throughout the rest of the season. So as we look at what I think they're going to be this year, guys, Jacksonville, I have them starting 3-0, but let's slow the roll after those first three games. They're going to be a team – that early, I do like. I'm going to bet on. I'm probably if the number doesn't get too high against Houston, if the number gets to three, three and a half, it's going to be difficult for me to pull the trigger. But week two and week three 
against Denver and Arizona, those will be bet on spots for me with Jacksonville. And then after that, I want nothing to do with them. Great start, quick start, taking advantage of that of that early schedule, which is pretty darn soft. It's going to be false hope, guys. False hope on that 3-0 and start. Jacksonville stumbles the rest of the way. Trevor Lawrence, welcome to the league. It's going to be the first time in your life that you've actually struggled playing football. Urban Meyer, again, I don't think things will be bad enough where Urban Meyer is even considered to be one and done. But that is a scenario, especially if they do not take advantage of that soft early schedule. It could be a scenario where it's one and done in Jacksonville for Urban Meyer. The only hesitation on that is why would the Jaguars go through all the trouble of bringing in a new head coach and then try to go to a new head coach with the all-time potential talent in Trevor Lawrence? I like the under. I like the under six and a half. And this will be one of those where if you can find adjusted win totals through the year – and Jacksonville gets out to a hot start, and especially if they start 3-0 and or somehow win that game in Cincinnati, which, again, wouldn't shock me if they're favored if they're 3-0 and and Cincinnati's 0-3 going into that game. Look for an, a, an adjusted win total in season for Jacksonville and bet it under. That second half of the schedule is brutal for them. And I don't think they're going to handle it particularly well. So under six and a half, despite a hot start for Jacksonville. Uh, Awards-wise here for the Jags, because, again, Trevor Lawrence is the betting favorite to win the rookie of the year, three to one. My strategy going into the year on betting rookies of of the offensive rookie of the year in the NFL, you can only bet running backs, which Najee Harris would be the only one that would even be worth the consideration. We explained on Monday why I wouldn't do that. I think behind that Pittsburgh offensive line, it's going to be a complete mess for Najee for most most of this year. And quarterbacks that are starters from week one. And there are only two rookies that you know are going to start week one for sure. And could that change to three? With Trey Lance winning the job in San Francisco? It's possible. I think unlikely, but it's possible. We already know Chicago's going to be too stubborn to start Justin Fields from the get-go, even though Justin Fields should be starting right away. He's better than Andy Dalton is already. And in New England, Mac Jones and Cam Newton, Cam's going to start week one. That's going to be one of those where Cam is going to start until it's proven that he can't play anymore. So that leaves Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson. I said yesterday, I think Zach Wilson at 10-1 to is a pretty good bet to win the rookie of the year just because of those factors. If you can get Trevor Lawrence at 3 to 1 plus 350, I don't mind taking both of those guys and again, I don't want to say lock quote unquote locking in a profit because it's way too early, but I really do see one of those first two picks in this past NFL draft winning the offensive rookie of the year. Lawrence at plus 300, Wilson at 10 to 1. Those are bets I would be have no problem at looking at this year. So that would be another bet I'd look at from the Jacksonville perspective. As we're looking at bets here in this division, under on the two bottom teams, even though it's a comically low four for the Houston Texans, look under there, look under six and a half for Jacksonville. Little sprinkle on Lawrence to win the offensive rookie of the year. Indianapolis, Darius Leonard, sprinkle on him to win the defensive player of the year. And then Tennessee, again, these are small bets. These are big numbers. Don't bet them big. Take some shots if you if you if you have some extra money to play with, small like tenth of a unit, uh, 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 fifth of a unit plays. Tennessee twenty five to one to be the highest scoring offense in the NFL. Uh, that one again, that's a flyer. 
we'll see how they adjust with Todd Downing. We'll see how they uh, adjust now, and we'll see if Julio Jones stays healthy, and we'll see if Tennessee's defense is not absolutely atrocious like it was a year ago. But final division records, Tennessee wins the division. Indianapolis, a wild card team. Jacksonville and Houston will be picking pretty high in this year's NFL draft, and the Houston Texans will at least be slotted to pick number one in the 2022 draft. Big thanks to everyone who joined the show today. JVT, Josh Towers, Eric Edholm, Brady Cannon, as always. Thanks to them for hopping on today. Thank you, Jason Kahn, as well. Thank you to the crew, as always, here on a numbers game. The Lombardi line is next. We'll see you tomorrow here on a numbers game on VCN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddy? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.